For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 22, as we'll be today. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 22, as we're opening up God's Word, pulling out the nuggets that we can apply to our life. Amen. This is what you need today, here in this time. And this is what I love about God's Word. Just as relevant as it was back then, if, whether it was 2,000 years ago or 1,800 years ago, it's just as relevant today. It applies to you and me, to the church, to your family, to your house, to your wife today. Amen. I love that about the word of God. If anything was ever timeless, it's the word of God that is timeless. Amen. It will last throughout all eternity. Did you realize that the Bible is the only physical thing that you can hold in your hand that will last throughout all eternity? The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall endure forever. Amen. Thank God for that. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 22. The Bible says, and we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to the church at Corinth here, and he's letting them know that I'm sending a brother unto you. Not just a brother, amen. Not just a brother in Christ. Just, not just somebody that's professed. Uh, to be saved, uh, not just somebody in the church, but no, this brother, listen to what this verse says, this brother whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things. Do you know that you could go to every product in your house? You can op- get your can opener. You can get your blender. You can get your hair dryer. Every one of them has a stamp, has a seal saying that it has been tested that it is proven that it works that it's tried and it's true that it has been tested they know where the breaking point is because they've pushed it to the breaking point they know how hot to get for it catches on fire they know how long it will last amen it has been proven it has been tested let me tell you there's nothing that you have that is worth having that not has not been tested. Let me just say that again. There's not one thing that you have in your life that is not worth having or that is worth having that has not been tested. 
You would not go out and spend some money on something that you do not believe will last. You're going to do your research. You're going to prove, be proven that it's been tried. It's true. You're going to ask around. You're going to talk to your friends. You're going to see if they have one. You're going to see if it lasts. You're going to see if it's worth the money. Amen. It's been proven. I know. And that's what this verse is talking about with this brother. That this brother has oftentimes proved diligent in many things. Can I just say, man, that's something that me and you should strive for people to say about us. That, hey, that Christian, that brother, that sister, that preacher, that pastor, that church member, they are proven. They are diligent in the work of God. They listen to God. They're faithful to God. And when they know that when God speaks, they move. They are faithful there. There's something to be said about being faithful. Be faithful to your church. Well, I'm having hard times. You don't know what they're saying about me. You don't know what they're talking about me. You don't know this, what's going on. I don't care. Be faithful. There's something, there's something that happens when you're faithful through the hard times. It grows on you. Amen. Wherever you're at, the place, and when you invest the time, to make it through those hard times, you fall in love even more with that place, with that church, or that job that you have. Amen? Why? Because it's been tested. I'm staying here. I'm rooted. I'm grounded in the Word of God. And I am not going to move. And so this brother is talking about has proved, oftentimes proved diligent in many things. Not just one thing, but many things. What a great thing. What, what thing we could strive for others to say about us. So Paul here is saying that this brother is trustworthy. He's worth your attention and your time. He's proven. He's very diligent. And he has proved himself. And it goes on to say, but how much more diligent upon the great, upon the great confidence which I have in you. Paul had confidence in them also. Man, thank God for that. Thank God that you can have, it's like you having confidence in your church. You have confidence in your pastor that he's going to preach God's word. Maybe he doesn't meet every one of your expectations because here's a little side note. He's not going to. He's a man just like me. And he's full of faults just like me. He's a man, but he's been called to an office. And that's what you need to judge him by. Has that man been faithful to the office, to the calling that God has put upon his life? And can I just say there's a lot of good pastors and preachers and evangelists and Sunday school teachers out there that are being faithful to what God has laid upon their life. And there's something to be said about that when you're faithful People have respect for that. Even the people that don't like you, that, that think you're wrong, that, that make fun of you, hey, they, they have respect for you. Why? Because you are faithful. Your feet match what you say. In other words, I've always said that real faith is tied to your feet. If you have real faith, you're going to move your feet whichever way God tells you to go. Verse number 23, whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you or our brethren. Be equipped of they are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Here we are. We're talking about Titus. Amen. Paul, son in the faith. Can I just say, do you have a son or a daughter in the faith? Do you have somebody 
Now, let me just say this. You don't have to know a ton about the Bible. You just have to know one more thing than they do to be a teacher. That's all you have to know. So if you say, oh, I haven't been saved but a few years, that's okay. Get in God's Word, study it, heed it, apply it to your life, memorize it, live it out in your life and your actions. Let people see it. Amen? And so Paul had been working with Titus and, and says, whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. Can I just say, there's something wonderful to be said. There's a wonderful, great feeling to know that you have a fellow helper, isn't there? Whether it's in your house or at your job, but especially in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what it's talking about here. Somebody you can have confidence in. Somebody you can have faith in. Somebody you know will be your fellow helper in Christ. Maybe they're an encourager. Maybe they're working beside you uh, day after day. Amen. But they are a fellow helper, a partner in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is something mighty to be said for that. And that's what Paul was saying about Titus here what a great and wonderful thing it is to say whether any do inquire of titus he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you so in other words paul sent in titus here uh, to help amen thank god for the men of god that god sends to certain churches to help i love some of the traveling ministries that come around some of them are evangelist uh, some of them are equipping evangelists that, that teach you how to be a better witness, to teach you how better to serve Christ. Some are an evangelist, and every evangelist should be shooting for salvation. Amen. And I also love those ministries that are like singing ministries. They got a bus. Their whole family travels around. They all play an instrument. They all see a, sing a, a, a songs, and they're just a glory and a blessing to have in the church. And as they get up and they minister to you in song, it lifts your spirit, moves your heart to be closer to God. Amen. So those are good things. I love when those kind of ministries come around and I, I look forward to them because they are, those are, believe it or not, those are fellow helpers. If they are helping you, if they are encouraging you, if they are equipping you, they are a fellow helper in Christ. But then there's also that fellow helper that's in church with you every Sunday. That maybe you don't even talk to them much. Maybe you look over and you know they sit in the seventh pew on the left side and they're there every time you go to church and they're faithful. And you know they're going to be there. And they're brother and sister so-and-so. And boy, they sure are faithful to church. I know I have people that like that at church. I do talk to them and I'm friends with them, but I'm not just not as close with them because because of life, my family, my work, my job, I have some responsibilities, but I know every Sunday, every Wednesday night, I get there and there they are faithful to be in their spot, to hear the word of God preached. And just that is an encouragement to know that, Hey, they are faithful. Every time the doors are open, they are here. Amen. And there's something to be said for that. You should be faithful. Every time the door is open, you should be there. When the word of God is being preached at your home church, you should be there, if at all possible. I understand sometimes you have to work late. I do. Sometimes you can't make it. You have an emergency. I do. But if Lord willing, if I'm not sick, I'm going to do my best to be there to hear the word of God preached. And can I just tell you, can I just have a raw, honest moment with you without... Maybe you won't judge me too harsh, but there's sometimes I don't feel like going. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I've had to deal with so much, 
So many things have happened or I'm not feeling that good or I'm just weak or I'm just run down or I'm just aggravated. And I feel like, man, I just don't want to go. I just going to lay down, take a shower and I'm done for the day. But I truth is I force myself to go to church. But you know what? There's not one time after church that I go, man, I wish I hadn't come. No, sir. No, ma'am. I have that feeling before church. Like I don't I just I just need to lay down. I just don't want to go tonight. I don't ever have that feeling when I get out of church. Every time I get out of church, I go, man, thank God I went. Thank God. I feel better. I needed that. I needed to hear that. I needed the word of God preached to me. I always feel that way. And the devil will use that in your life. He'll work on you. He will. And here's the thing. The devil will take natural things. What do I mean natural things? The devil loves to take natural things and turn them into a sin. What do you mean, brother? This is what I mean. Food is good. I love food. I love a good steak. Amen. But when you become a glutton, it becomes a sin, does it not? And even though food's a good thing, it can turn it into a sin. And there are many other things that you can pick out that I would say those are natural but the devil can take it and twist it, use it and manipulate it and turn it into a sin. Everybody has that feeling. I'm tired. Everybody has that feeling. I don't want to go. Everybody has it, but you need to force yourself. And I tell you what, there's not one time you'll regret it after you go because we all need when, when you're saved, when you're born again, when the Holy Spirit residing within you and you go there and you hear it and the Holy Spirit hears the word of God is preached. Hey, it stirs something inside of you. The Holy Ghost is moved. That's why people say amen, because that's the spirit that lives within you saying, I agree, I agree, that's right, that's true, amen. That's exactly what that means, amen. Verse number 24, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 24. Wherefore, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of your boasting, of our boasting, on your behalf. He says, show it to them before the churches, the proof of your love. Just like I said, there's not one thing that you have that's worth having that hasn't been proven. Sometimes God may allow you to go through something just so that it proves to you how much you trust him. Yes, I just said that. Let me say that again, because I've had that happen in my own life. And even I didn't realize at that time what was going on. But God may allow something in your life to make you realize how much you truly trust him. Because I tell you, when something bad happens, but you're faithful to God and you trust him no matter what. I've lost a child. I've lost a grandchild. Whatever the case may be. But you know what? I trust God and I'm I am going to be obedient and I'm going to be faithful. It does something to me. I'm talking about, I realize, wow, I have put my faith and trust in God in every fiber of my being. And I'm going to trust him even if it takes my own life. Isn't that what Job said after he went all through all those hurtful, hard things, though he slay me, I will trust him. I will serve him. In other words, amen. Thank God for that. So God may allow you to do something that it proves to you how much you trust him. But here he's talking about the proof of your love before the churches. You know, the church can see your love. It is an amazing thing. You don't have to go up and tell somebody. I can. I know how much you love God. Uh, you don't have to go up and tell somebody. Uh, or you, I'm saying you don't have to go tell somebody, uh, I trust the Bible. They can see it in your life. You don't have to go tell somebody, I love church. They can see it in your life. You don't have to go and tell somebody nothing about your life. They can see it. Do you understand? They see 
in what's in your life that in your children are the best example of that your children they don't it's often been said and i believe it's a true statement they don't hear what you say but they see what you do in other words they know you like nobody else knows you they know everything about you your faults and your flaws and can i just say the best thing that you really can do it is is admit your faults and your flaws to your children Amen to that. I just said that. Yes, I did. You, you, can, you know why? Because they know anyways. You admitting them is just admitting to them that, hey, I need to work on these. Because you're not hiding nothing from them. They know your flaws. You're just finally admitting to yourself and to them that, hey, I do have a flaw and I need to work on it. And can I just say they'll respect that even more if you act like that you're perfect? Because they know you're not perfect. Just like I'm not perfect. Amen. And he says in that first, wherefore show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. There's nothing wrong when saying good things about people. Now you shouldn't lift yourself up. The Bible says, let another man's lips praise thee. And I certainly believe that because when you start praising yourself, nobody likes a bragger. Nobody likes somebody that just lifts themselves up. But it's okay for somebody else to do it. I believe that. And that's what he says here. And a boasting on your behalf. And can I just say, there is something a hundred million times more powerful when somebody says something good about you than if you would have said it about yourself. I believe Jesus knew that. He didn't defend himself. He didn't have to stand up and say, yeah, but this, this, that, and that, and this, and that, and justify himself. Why? Because he didn't have to. He was God. And we have to realize we're not God, but we're God's children. People are going to say bad things about you. Don't brag about yourself. Let another brag about you. But there's nothing wrong with saying good about a brother. Matter of fact, it may lift them up and give them even more strength to go forth and serve the Lord. It may give them more strength to take a stand on God's word. It'll give them more strength, amen, to lead their family down the right path and to stay the right course. Absolutely. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 1 is where we're at. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 1. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready in year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Your zeal. You know, when you're zealous about something, you know, people will come just to see somebody else that's excited about something. Have you ever noticed that? You ever go to a talk or pep rally or I remember those in school. They had pep rallies before a game. If they had a home football game, they'd have a pep rally. Why? Somebody get together and, and shout and cheer and, and lift each other up and get pumped up, and get ready because we're going to win this, right? It's like a, like a pep rally. Why? You're showing each other your zeal and your zeal gives me more zeal and my zeal gives you more zeal. And it's the same when serving the Lord, y'all. People see your zeal, it gives them strength. People see your zeal, it gives them more confidence. People see your zeal and they want to have more zeal. Hey, I want to get fired up and serve the Lord like you are. And you start rubbing off on each other. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. Can I just say, and also you act like who you hang around? You may not want to believe it. You want to say, I'm strong and that's not going to affect me. That's not going to bother me. 
But I'm here to tell you, there's not one of us that are exempt to that. There's not one of us that cannot be affected by the environment and the people and the things that we hear around us. Amen. Oh, careful little eyes, what you see, and careful little ears, what you hear. And that goes if you're 9 or 99, because it will rub off on you. So careful who you hang around. If there's a lot of trash being talked in a certain spot, then you don't need to be there. Amen. Go find somewhere else to be. Go find somewhere else where there's some positive things being talked about. Go find somewhere where there's good godly things being talked about. Amen. Be careful who you're around because that zeal will rub off on you. Well, I've noticed whether it's good or it's bad. I want the good to rub off on me. I want the more godly to rub off on me. I want to be more Christ-like. I don't want people to pour goodness into my life. That's what I want. Amen. And I know that's what you want. Sometimes my flesh... My flesh can get drawn into that. They tell a joke that's a little off color. And it, it is funny from a human, human standpoint. But the problem is, it opens up a little door. And inside that little door is another joke. And inside that joke is another door that leads to a bigger joke and a dirtier joke. And it just keeps right on going. It just, and the Bible even talks about that. That, 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 you know, that ungodliness leads to more ungodliness. And it most certainly does. And that's the truth. Amen. So make sure that we are zealous. And that's like what the Bible says, that their zeal had provoked very many. What a wonderful thing to people to say about them. I hope that they can say that about you, brother. I hope they can say that about you, sister, that your zeal for the Lord. Wait a minute. Hold on. What zeal? I'm talking about the zeal to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. When you tell somebody how to be saved, you're not just saving their flesh. You're not just paying their light bill. No, you are saving their soul from the fires of hell you are telling them how jesus can save their soul how that their name can written be written in the lamb's book of life forever for all eternity will they be in god's hand the bible says no man can pluck them out of my father's hand amen that's the zeal i'm talking about forget having zeal to have a nicer car better home or bigger church or bigger steeple god really doesn't care about that let me just tell you but god cares when a name gets written down in the lamb's book of life it's the only thing that I can find in the Bible that causes joy in heaven. Amen. I'm not, I didn't say there wasn't joy in heaven because there is joy in heaven. Absolutely. But the Bible specifically says that that causes joy. It even says that who, who wouldn't leave their 99 sheep to find one. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that very exact person that you think is so vile, so wicked, so sorry, so worthless, and so far gone. Listen to me. The Lord Jesus Christ came to save them too. Maybe we can't forgive them, but the Lord Jesus can. Amen. So we should be pointing them all to Jesus. If you're in prison, you're listening to me. Listen to me. The Lord Jesus Christ could reach down that jail cell and touch your heart right where you're at and make you freer than you've ever been in your whole life, even if you never leave those four walls. Why? Because your soul will be set free from the penalty of sin and your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. All your sins will be forgiven. The Bible says there far is from the east is from the west that he remembers them no more. They are gone. And when you stand before God, you'll be justified. Amen. Why justified? Not because of you, but because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that will cover you. When you realize you're a sinner in need of a savior, Jesus didn't just die on that cross. No, the Bible says that he was buried. He was sent into 
to the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen. He defeated it. He has power over it. And that same power will now reside inside you once you're born again, once you're saved. Amen. I thank God for that. And I hope that if you don't have that, that today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, don't wait. Today, not tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. Today, realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Fall on your face. Ask God for forgiveness. That's repentance. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352 247 9200. That's 352 247 9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.